This video is brought to you by Blessed Be God Boutique, maker of Catholic fashionable apparel, handmade accessories, and more. Despite all the recent news in the church, the suppression of tradition continues. We have news today of a document that's been promised by Archbishop Roach that will address the one thing that seems to concern the modernists in Rome more than anything else. Seminarians who are rigid, meaning identifiably Catholic, and that news is straight from Archbishop Roach himself, and illustrates the real divide in the church today. Between the priests, and by extension, the lay faithful that are under scrutiny in the church, and those that are welcomed with open arms in this springtime of the Church of the New Advent. So let's just get into the story. But first, as we do from time to time, let's check in with Paca Papa Francis and see what words of wisdom he can part upon us today. At his recent Angelus, Francis had the following to say on the nature of salvation. Quote, God always distinguishes the person from his errors. He always saves the person. He always believes in the person and is always ready to forgive errors. End quote. And much of what he said about forgiveness is true, but remember, God always saves the person. And that sounds an awful lot like a universal claim to salvation, that dare we hope all men are saved nonsense. If he did not have a track record of saying things like even non-believers are saved, and only the most wicked aren't but are instead sent into oblivion, and yes, he said that, then I'd let this one slide by without any comment. But in times of real crisis, Francis is saying, or at least heavily implying, that everyone is saved. It's amazing, given the implications. Of course, we know who isn't saved in the Church of the New Advent, and that's the meanie-headed, rigid, traditionally-minded clergy. We know that the seminaries are having an interesting thing happen lately, and that's an increasing number of traditionally-minded seminarians who want to say the Apostolic Mass instead of the Novus Ordo when they are ordained, and who want to teach the traditional faith in their homilies. This display of rigidity has not gone unnoticed in Rome, and Archbishop Roach, Francis's right-hand man tasked with suppressing the faith in favor of his ape of the church, has promised that Rome will act. That's reassuring. We can't have priests in the church teach, you know, Catholicism in a way that our ancestors would have recognized. Headline from cath.net. Document announced on liturgical formation in seminaries. Liturgy prefect concerned about traditionalist new priests. With Pope Francis, liturgy prefect Roach is concerned about new priests who, hardly out of the seminary, are already celebrating the pre-conciliar liturgy. Roach is therefore now announcing a document on liturgical formation of candidates for the priesthood. Clearly, the modernists in Rome are worried about the future of their little revolution in the church, since they are moving with lightning speed to quell access to most traditional Latin masses in the church for most Catholics, and are trying to stamp out the rising tide of traditional Catholicism among seminarians and young clergy. This concern has captured the mind of the modernists, and for obvious reasons. As Archbishop Roach explains in the piece, quote, the Congregation for Worship is preparing a document on the liturgical formation of seminarians to counter traditionalist tendencies. In an interview with British magazine The Tablet, the prefect of the congregation, Archbishop Arthur Roach, said that Pope Francis is concerned about the formation of candidates for the priesthood. It is not uncommon for newly ordained priests to begin celebrating the preconciliar liturgy almost immediately. At the seminars, the Congregation for the Liturgy is working towards teaching the richness of liturgical reform, as required by the Second Vatican Council. Roach did not provide any further details on the planned document. Two years ago, the congregation would therefore have initiated discussions among its members to discuss the problem. Everyone felt that the formation in the seminaries in general and in the life of the church was quite inadequate, Roach said. 
In this context, there is also the requirement that diocesan bishops must consult the Holy See before allowing newly ordained priests to celebrate according to the Missal in force before the liturgical reform. The requirement was introduced last summer with the Modu Proprio Traditionis Custodis, with which Pope Francis had significantly restricted the celebration of the preconciliar liturgy. Roach emphasized that he saw the task of his congregation as continuing to implement the liturgical constitution of the Second Vatican Council's Sacrosanctum Concilium. The constitution is the Magna Carta of the Congregation for Worship. The Pope's goal is to ensure unity in the Church. This includes getting rid of the impression of two churches with two different liturgies. Of course, like his predecessor, Pope Francis is concerned about those for whom this is difficult. It is therefore still possible to use the Missal from 1962. But it's not the norm, it's just a pastoral concession. According to the tablet, the interview was conducted before the announcement of a decree by which the Pope would allow the Society of St. Peter to celebrate the preconciliar liturgy fully and without the restrictions of Traditionis Custodis. Roach again emphasized that the majority of bishops supported the restriction of the Old Mass. The tightening of the regulations of the Modu Proprio, which his congregation published in December in the form of a response ad dubia, meaning responses to inquiries, was based on specific questions from bishops. End lengthy quote. They keep pushing the idea that Traditionus Custodis came as a response to questions submitted by bishops, and that the dubia came from bishops as well. But there's not much evidence for that being true, truth be told. But hypothetically, let's take the claim at face value with one important caveat, that the dubia and Traditionus Custodis came from the concerns raised by some of the bishops. Which bishops? Most likely those most aligned with Francis, those most enthusiastic about smashing the Catholic faith in their dioceses. Bishops like Supich and Tobin and the rest who have had the hardest responses to the traditional faith while permitting liturgical abuses, well, like this one in their dioceses without correction. Loving God, rock with us as we roll with you. Affirm us so that we may affirm others. Sing your song in us that we may sing it with others. Affirm us, bless us, confirm your presence in us. And we ask this through Christ our Lord. My friends, the Lord is with you. May Almighty God bless us today. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yes, I know you've most likely seen that clip by now. It's from the Archdiocese of Chicago, where Supich invoked the Rome policy for traditional Mass in the diocesan parishes, meaning severely, severely curtailed. That priest has not been corrected as of yet, nor will he be, despite some nice-sounding words in Traditionis Custodis that call for the Novus Ordo to be said reasonably respectfully. Those words were pure nonsense, since Traditionis Custodis has been invoked numerous times to stop Novus Ordo Masses from becoming too reverent, quote-unquote. Ad Orientum worship and Latin and altar rails have all been stripped out in the name of Traditionis Custodis in many places, which itself calls for more reverence in how the new Mass is said if you actually read the document. Not that I think that was put in there honestly. And Rome remains silent because, of course, they're remaining silent. The problem is they want a man-centered worship where our feelings are front and center. It's why the priest has to face the people and not the tabernacle, according to the conventional wisdom in practice in the Church of the New Advent. It's why the Mass is conceptualized as a community meal with sacrificial aspects instead of as a holy sacrifice offered to God first and foremost. And it's why it's done on a table instead of a traditional altar. Any priest who deviates from this understanding will get smashed by the powers that 
bishop be in Rome without question if their bishop wishes it. But what kind of priest is welcome in the church? Besides the rock and roll priest I just reminded you of, high-ranking prelates have reminded us of what they really want in the seminaries. From LifeSite News, we get this headline. German Archbishop says female deacons, married priests, needed to help solve error in the church. Archbishop Ludwig Schick echoed comments made recently by Cardinal Marx in Cardin and Germany's synodal path, calling for female ordination, despite church teaching prohibiting it. Now, there's an interesting word for an archbishop to say, and that word is error. The archbishop is saying that the church is wrong and has been wrong on who she ordains, and that this quote-unquote error goes back to the beginning, apparently, because our ordination standards have been pretty consistent. The people who advocate for this very pro-body that I'm about to talk about try to say that they had them in the ancient church, but that's not really all that true. Yeah, there were some examples of it, but the ideal, unrestricted ideal, was for what we have now in the West. And anyone who says that the church has been wrong on something like that, that goes back at, back into antiquity, I mean, it's in sacred scripture, isn't of the same faith of, as us. It's just that simple. If they say it and they believe it, they're not of the same faith. They reject the authority of the fathers of the church and of all the popes in history. But let's see what the bishops here say instead of putting words into his mouth. From the article, quote, in a guest article for Daily Newspaper, Fuld der Zeitung, Archbishop Ludwig Schick of Bamberg advocated for fundamental changes to Catholic teaching on the priesthood, arguing for ordaining very probati, or men who are tried and tested in marriage, saying that to do so would prevent clericalism and abuse of power. Schick defended his point, stating that celibacy does not touch the priesthood in itself, referencing the married clergy of both the Eastern Catholics and the Anglican Ordinariate to support his argument. Schick also expressed hope that women would be ordained deacons, writing that it is just important for the reform of the church that women take on even more leadership offices, also in pastoral ministries, end quote. The bishop goes on to invoke secular values and notions of being the same in all things to make his point. And this is what modernism has wrought. If you've been watching my weekend deep dives into modernism, then you know that a core value of this very specifically defined heresy is the subjection of the Catholic faith to materialism and science, and that the faith must change to be in accordance with these norms. Modernists apply social sciences to this logic as well, meaning the faith must be subservient to the social sciences as well as to physics and geology and whatnot. It's a pernicious error, one we see whenever a bishop denies that Adam and Eve were actual real people, or when a priest or bishop invokes secular norms that the faith must be held to. And remember, they are bishops and priests who are in good standing with the church, while seminarians who want the traditional faith and all that comes with it are the ones who are subjected to intense scrutiny. But this German prelate continues, quote, When asked if women should be ordained priests, Schick says there was little against it, but that the current requirement was for male-only priesthood. The newspaper reported that the bishop did not know whether that would remain the case. The advent of women in the church, particularly at the level of the diaconate, would be a benefit for the church, he said. They have come in, married people have to come in, and celibates have to come in. Then sources of error could also be discovered sooner. While Schick was aggrieved that such changes had not yet occurred, he was hopeful that they would soon take place. I have the impression that at the moment, things are moving forward at all levels. I think there will then also be a council or a synod in Rome, he added. End quote. And there it is. Yet another call for a new council. Yes, the Synod of Synods is a de facto Third Vatican Council, 
Many of the prelates advocating it and its biggest cheerleaders have admitted it. But councils, formal councils, have this real power that synods just don't. You see it all the time when people tell you to submit to Vatican II because it's a council of the church. Despite it being the only pastoral council in the history of the church, and despite Paul VI explicitly saying that the church did nothing requiring submission of the conscience to it, councils have a real power in the church, and they want a council to make this happen. Whether it will happen or not is anyone's guess. The Synod of Synods is an ongoing dumpster fire of epic proportions. I'd be reassured if they took Lent off so they could focus on the state of their souls and the sacrifices we're all called to make at this time of year in order to submit the flesh to holy things instead of the sins we all wrestle with to some degree or another. Yet the Synod marches on, promoting heterodoxy. And against this activity is Archbishop Roach telling us repeatedly the pre-conciliar mass and sacraments are not compatible with Catholicism anymore, that the modernists have changed the faith. Maybe we should believe them, especially when they call doctrines, disciplines, and yes, dogma that goes back to the apostles and error the church has been committed for nearly 2,000 years. Maybe we should believe them and then think about what that means for the state of the church. Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. All sources for this story are linked in today's show notes at returntotradition.org. That's the name of this podcast with a .org at the end. Let's get past the Patreon pop-up since there is no paywall for my sources, unless you want to become a patron for the channel. And let me know what you think about Roach's claims and Archbishop Schick's claims in the comments, please. Then like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. And as always, pray for the church and make your sacrifices this Lent count, please. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.